Crime Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bounds, along with Camille Flores. Um, we don't have a new pursuit, but what we are here for is for our SVE episode, Special Victims episode. And we have not one guest, but we have four. Camille, you want to um, kind of give us a little bit of insight on this story that we got going on here? Yeah, so first of all, hi everybody, I'm glad to be back. Um, I am actually, um, you know, really, um, I I was really, when I seen this article and I reached out to the survivors, um, I contacted them and I was, this was the story that jumped out at me. Okay. And I contacted Ed and I said, Ed, I said, um, you know, I want to, I want to contact these women because this is something that really, really just spoke to me. And he says, you know, what is this about? And I said, there was an article in this about, you know, in Illinois, I said, and there wasn't just, you know, one survivor. I said, there were four. I said, and, you know, we've had um, a podcast before where we've had three two or three survivors on a story like this. I said, but nothing, it, it, it wasn't really something like this. I said, and I reached out to these women. I said, and I interviewed all of them. I said, and the one thing that really stood out to me is, and I've spoken to women who they don't usually either um, face their abuser or their abuser doesn't get, arrested but in this case their abuser did get arrested and that just kind of shifted everything and I guess I took it differently because my abuser never did and so it was something that I really wanted to kind of talk to these women Um, and so I wanted to get each I wanted to interview them to kind of get their own version of it because they have their own story that goes with it and you know some of them are related okay so once i did i knew that we wanted to get them on the oh. podcast and have okay. them tell their story okay so we have with us nikki hello okay and we have Aureli. did i say that right yes you did hello okay and we have ellen hi okay and we have francis hello all right okay ladies welcome to the show and it's a Thank you know you for having us. Yes, it's a very Thank brave you. thing for you yeah. guys to be here to do this. When Camille told me the story, like she said, it it was crazy. And I just I'm still just sitting here looking reading my notes and just like my mouth is just like wide open, like wow. So yeah. who's gonna be the lead per- who was the first person that we had this guy? 
that sexually assaulted all four of you, the same person. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. So you guys got together. You guys worked together to get this guy apprehended, and he is now currently locked up. Who Do you know who the, who was the first person that was abused? Was it Nikki or Francis? Um, it was me, Francis. Okay. I'm Nikki's older sister. Okay, go ahead. Uh, her and I are five years apart, so um, this started around the time I was maybe um, six um, to the time I was in fourth grade. Um, it was just uh, the, the babysitter's husband. We'd get dropped off in the mornings, and um, just like any other day, uh, coming home and kids being half asleep, so... Um, her, the, the husband, um, he would be in the room and, um, the wife would just have me go to the room just so she wouldn't disturb me while she was moving stuff in the kitchen. Um, and that's mainly where the abuse happened. It's just in, in the, in the bedroom or in the bathroom, um, wherever just mainly I was unattended or whenever I forgot to lock a door. Can you like explain what happened that you, that you can remember that you can recall? Uh, it, it, uh, there would always be a bed that just blankets made on the floor. Um, and that's mainly where the abuse took place. Uh, just the, the reaching over, um, and just touching under, like originally it was just above the clothes and then it escalated, um, to underneath. Um, it's the, just the touching of the private areas and the groping. Um, he'd sometimes get on his knees and just be a little closer. Or there were times where I'd be in the bathroom that I can remember and forget to lock the door and he'd come in and um, the touching would take place there too. Okay. So it's basically any type of touching that you thought could or you can imagine was happening underneath clothes. That's that's what I was getting. Nikki, let's talk about your experience. What happened with you? Okay. So my earliest memory um, would be when my mom, she would always drop my sister and I off at the babysitter at the babysitter's house. Um, she would always have blankets laid out on the floor because, um, you know, it was early. So she would lay us down on the floor so we can continue sleeping. Um, there were times where I guess that I don't know, she would go outside or walk to the laundromat because they lived across the street from the laundromat. Um, I remember she was gone and the husband, which is the abuser, he would come out, he would pick me up, um, he would take me to the bedroom. He, I remember him using baby oil to rub over my body. Um, and then I, I was very young. I don't have an exact date or age um, when it actually started just because I was so young. Um, but I remember, I don't know if I had a dress on that time or he just happened you know, to take my my pants or, or underwear off and then he would put baby oil down in my private areas as well and just start you know touching with his hands um also in the bathroom of that apartment um i would be using the bathroom he would come in didn't matter if i was still on the toilet or not he would still come in and start touching my my private areas um even in public he did it in public as well, um, at a park while, when I was in a swing. Um, I remember him, 
I remember being in a vehicle, I think either heading to a park or somewhere. He ha- he also, he has um, more children, two sons at that time. And I remember them being in the back of the vehicle. I was in the front passenger side, him reaching over, going into my pants while his own sons were in the same car as us. Um, he would expose himself to me. I remember that. I remember one thing that was kind of strange was I was young. We were at a store at a store and I remember he gave me a little plastic ring, like a little kid ring. I remember him telling me that we were married and, you know, again, I was young. I don't know. I didn't understand what that stuff meant. That's pretty much my part. And he told you that you and him was married. Am I correct? Correct. And how do can anybody answer this question for me? How was this guy at this time? I believe he was in his thirties. He was much older than my mom, Sister Zarelli. Okay. Um, and my yeah, so that was my dad, and so he was much older than than everyone. He okay. Was Thirty. Okay. So here it is. We have a thirty-some-year-old man. That is, we can assume that uh, Nikki was probably five between four and five or somewhere in that area. And for him to be the be that sick to say that he is married to a baby. Wow. Okay, Aureli? Yes, hi. Okay, Aureli, let's talk about your situation. Okay. So for me, it was my biological father who sexually abused me. But I honestly, I can remember things like um in the bathroom like nikki said um i do remember the sheets being on the floor like i remember that i have very faint memory of it but i i also remember like you know i don't know to be honest i i don't know how old i was and for me there's certain things that still come here and there like memories but i do have a like fond memories of like it being in like the bedroom where my mom and him slept and um i remember it being in the bathroom and in the shower like we would shower together sometimes um and like yeah it would just be touching um it went as far as for me like performing things on him um, wow. and most of that, so it was, it was, yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, I remember some of it, but it's still very blurry to me sometimes. Wow. Okay. Ellen, what happened with you? So, um, the age that I remember, I would say maybe around four. Um, and I just remember, and he's my uncle and I just would remember, you know, we would go over to my, my mom's sister's house every weekend and so um that's how he had access to me and i just remember every time you know he would sexually abuse me in my aunt's basement um you know he would make me pull down my pants you know he touched me in my private area on my on my butt and um i remember him sexually abusing me in the car once and at the time um i believe that my dad was stationed in kentucky because he was in the army um, and so I just remember my mom driving, my aunt, who is my abuser's wife, she was in the passenger seat, um, and me and my other cousins, we were in the van, and I just remember him pulling my pants down and touching me. 
those are the only, you know, places that I could remember him ever, you know, sexually abusing me. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And all of you guys were around about the same age at the time. Now, all this happened when you guys were, I can safely say, between four and the ages of four, four or five or six years old. Now, here we are years later. Let's hear about what happened. How did you all guys come together? Well, I know the two sisters, you know, obviously. But how did you guys all come together to share such a, a, a horrible situation? So, um, it's Arelli. Um, so, my mom and Ellen's mom are sisters. Um, so, Ellen and I are cousins. And, you know, we were raised together but when all of this first started happening when it all started kind of like unraveling I never said anything um so my family didn't find out until I was like like me verbally saying it to my mom when I finally spoke up about it I was like in college like I was 18 maybe 19 um but for my cousin um I can let her um go ahead and speak on that um, yeah, so I, when I was four, I'm not sure how long it lasted, maybe till I was five. Um, my, I remember my mom, I remember my dad from, from my memory. I remember my dad coming down the stairs or just peeking through the door from my aunt's basement where he would sexually abuse me. And I just remember, um, just being in the corner of the wall and my uncle touching me and my dad saw that and I really I can't remember what happened like after that, but I just remember getting home and my dad hitting me um, and um, my older brother who remembers that as well. And I remember my mom telling me that when I was four, we were riding bike together and she said that I told her that, um, oh, I want to tell you something, but I don't want you to get upset and I don't want you to tell my dad because I know he's going to get mad and um, she said, okay, what is it? And so I ended up telling her that my uncle was touching me and she immediately called, um, my uncle's wife, my aunt and said what I just told her and her sis, two of her sisters were in denial basically. And were saying that he could never do something like that and just kind of like covering up for him. And my mom said, she said to me that she waited a little bit. And then that one day she went downstairs in the basement and she saw my uncle touching me. And um, the first time she that I told her about it, she asked my uncle and he denied it. He said, no, I'm not touching her, any of that. But then the second time when my mom actually caught him with her own eyes, um, he said to her that we were just playing a game. And um, I remember, you know, well, my dad said that he was in Kentucky at the time and like, he the his sergeant let him leave and he was on his way to go report him um but then you know unfortunately certain circumstances that didn't happen and so um yeah my entire family knew about me being sexually abused my parents knew my brother everybody yeah so, so when did all of you guys decide to get together when you were older when you became grown women um, so it started with a call to DCFS, and as soon as I knew there was domestic violence happening in the household, I made that call because my little brother was there, you know, 
living with them. And I took that step and immediately that same day, um, Ellen was the first one to report um, at the police department. Um, and I went the following day. And then from there, um, we were contacted a few days later by the detective um, at the Joaquin Police Department, Tim Ives, and he set up interviews with all of us. And from there, I mean, it built up to where the plan was that, you know, I was going to have to um, call him to get a verbal confession on everything. And, um, you know, he asked me if I was okay with doing that. And to me, I felt like doing that is going to be for the betterment of our case because obviously having that on record is different than you know um maybe our interviews i'm not sure but i said yes of course of course um because to me you know like enough was enough and i and i i was done this was our opportunity to finally be able to report and um you know i made that call um, after we were all interviewed and, you know, it was a 17 minute long conversation and, um, he confessed to all of us. And, um, from there, uh, the following week I met with him in person. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, I was under the protection of, um, a lot of the detectives and uh, police officers at the Waukegan Police Department, um, and I had um, a 30-minute conversation with him um, where we just talked more in detail about everything that happened and everything that I remember. Um, and immediately after, I gave my signal, and they came and they arrested him. And Ellen uh, was also there during this. And so, you know, she was also watching. Um, but I can just remember, you know, getting out my phone to record because we couldn't all be there. But I wanted them to be also be able to see the moment that, you know, he we it was finally being put to an end, that the truth was finally going to come out and we were all going to be able to share our story. So you um, so you took upon yourself to record him on the phone. I mean, you you went and you met with this this man that sexually abused you as a child and you put yourself back in harm's way to go get a recording just so you guys could put this monster away for good, right? Yes, yes. Wow. So you said who was there when this was happening? Ellen, am I correct? Yes. So Ellen, when you, you're hearing this, you're hearing the conversation, you're watching this unfold. What went through your, your mind that day? Well, the first phone call, I think, was harder for me just because um, I heard, like, everything that he was saying. And for me, he was very much victim-blaming me and saying that I liked it or that I would ask to be touched and a lot of that. And he said that I was different than the rest because I was easier. And what? So I just, yeah. And I just remember, you know, looking at my cousin and... I, I mean, I felt so much comfort being by her because we were, we grew up together, but to be victim blamed by him, I mean, you can only imagine what that does to you. I, I mean, I'm sure we've all held so much guilt and shame and to hear your abuser say something like that. I mean, 
that caught me off guard completely. But then the second time when Aureli met up with him, um, I just remember I was in the car with Detective Tim and um, another detective who was going to be interrogating him. Um, and I just remember just we got the signal to go there. And um, as soon as, you know, we we parked there, I got out the car and I, you know, I went by Aureli and we watched him, you know, get arrested. And I can only imagine what was going through his head seeing me because he hasn't seen me since this happened. And so I, he, I mean, he stood there and just looked at us. Um, and it just, he didn't even look ashamed. He didn't look guilty or anything. And I couldn't see any remorse on his face for what he has done to all of us. Now let's back up to where you said that he made the comments. You was the easiest along with another comment saying you, uh, asked for that. I, what, and what five-year-old child would ask for something like that? What went across right. you when you heard him say that? I mean, I just remember telling Aureli, like, I, he, I mean, that got to me. I'm like, did I really ask for it? You know, did I, did I actually want it? Like, did I, did I do this to myself? And so I just told her, like, how could I live with myself? After he said that, I mean, I felt, I have felt like disgusted with myself and, I've already felt so ashamed and guilty for 18 years of my life. And for him to say that, it's like back to square one. And so I just remember I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have, you know, an appointment with my therapist. Um, And um, I just remember wanting to hear to hear what she has to say. And so um, when I finally, you know, talked to her on the phone, she knew everything that was going on. I told her what he had said and she definitely gave me from a professional perspective she definitely gave me um reassurance and she assured to me that no no child no child asks to be sexually abused no child and so now i'm here today saying that whatever he has to say is bs because no child in this earth ever asked to be sexually abused and it's never the survivor's fault right right i agree Nikki, what did you have to say about that when you heard that? Uh, I mean, I I did not hear the conversation. Um, I wasn't in on the conversation, but from what they told me, it's it's disgusting. It's it's crazy, you know. Like you said, what child? Children don't even know what that is, you know. Children do not know, you know, what those feelings are, what that adult is doing to you. So the fact that he can sit there and say that she wanted it or that she asked for it it's it's unbelievable that people even live with that train of thought they even think like that you know it it makes me angry for her yeah ellen what did you have to say about that oh i feel i mean i'm smiling right now because i'm just so grateful to have nikki and francis and Aureli, you know by my side i'm glad that we have each other and it's only to empower each other and, and to empower others and just even having that reassurance from them that it was never my fault makes me feel so much better. Yeah. You guys, this is a brave thing. All of you did. I'm telling you, Francis, what, I mean, what was this like for you, Francis, when this guy was arrested? For me, it was like uh, that brick that's been taken off your chest because it's just kind of chilling there. Yeah. Um, As being the oldest, like it's hard for me to look at my sister um, it's hard to me, for me to look at my sister and look at our rally, who's also like a sister to me, 
and think that I, I could have stopped something, but I couldn't even speak up for myself. So to see that video over and over and over again was like that brick being lifted over and over again. Yes. So I, I, I completely understand, hon. You know, Camille, when when you heard this, what went through your mind yeah. when, when this was told to you? Um, when I, when it was told to me, I was very, um, it was like this very powerful story, but I did tell all of the ladies that, you know, they had each other as support and that they were very strong survivors, that they made it through this. And it was, you know, unfortunate that they went through this by the same person. And, you know, I felt in a way that they were, they were fortunate that they had each other to go through this, but it was unfortunate that this happened. And so I tell all the women that I speak with that they're not victims, that they are survivors, because I don't like that word victim. I feel like it's just, a, I don't like that word. So I changed it. I changed it to survivor. Um, and so when I heard this story, this was something that I was like, this is something that I definitely need to speak with these women. Like I felt like I needed to, I needed to reach out. I needed to speak with you guys because I, and I even asked them like, how did you feel when this person was arrested? Because I didn't get to see, I never faced my abuser. I never um, seen that my abuser was like arrested. So I asked them how they felt about that, seeing them that, you know, he was arrested. The only thing that I've ever heard is that I thought I was the only person who was abused by um, my abuser, but then I find out years later that he abused other people in my family. So as years go on, I find out years later that I have cousins and other cousins that he abused and it's like, oh, of course, you know, but I feel like you guys are very, very strong. You guys are like these warriors that yes. are together. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. Like I could not wait to speak with you guys <laughs> and just no, serious. Like, I could not wait to, yes. like, and if I ever get the chance to meet you guys one day, yes, I, I want to meet. I would, like, hug you guys. Yes, I want to yeah, meet all four I of them. I love that. That'd be great. <laughs> I love it. I'm, like, I'm a hugger. Yeah. I'm such oh, a hugger. Too. My kids yeah. are, like, my like, mom, stop, stop, stop already. But I'm a hugger, and if I ever get the chance, to meet you guys one day, I swear I will hug you and just Me too. because your <laughs> story is so empowering. It's like something that you would like, like it would be a movie made out of, seriously, like no yeah. lie. Like it would be something that like wow. you would see. And so if I ever get the chance to write, because I, I'm, I just wrote my story. And so if I ever get the chance, I would love to write your guys' story. Like, I'm not even lying. Absolutely. Like, I would love oh, to write your guys' yes, story. Like, that would be, like, <laughs> the greatest story to write. Because it's, like, it's just, it's just one of these empowering stories. And you guys are, like, you guys made it to, like, that warrior status. It's not even, like, it went past survivor to warrior status. And not a lot of people, like, get that. So I just want to tell you that. You guys are amazing. I knew I needed to reach out to you guys when I seen that. And you guys had each other to lean on. When I went through my story, I went through it by myself. And, you know, so I just want to commend you guys on yeah, yeah. 
sharing the story and, you know, you guys have each other to lean on. And I, you know, I just want to commend you guys on that. What state, what state are you guys from? We're in Illinois. Okay, so you, oh, they're not far from me at all, Camille. They're yeah, just, they're not far from you, Ed. Hey, yeah, yeah. hey, Ed, don't you be don't you be cheating and trying to meet them without me? All right. <laughs> I know. I, I'll wait till you get here to Indiana. But yeah, okay. that that is just wow. They're close. Yeah. So oh, okay, yeah. it's going to happen. You can believe that. Yeah. So oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you. You know, out of all four of you. The one that's affected the most, probably that's embarrassed, would be Arelli. And and the reason I say this is because it's her biological dad. Did you ever feel, Arelli, that that these brave young women would hold it against you because it was your father? I've never felt that way. I've I've always felt that, you know, the day that I chose to report this, that I would have everyone. That, and, and that that's what really got me through this because yeah you're right with it being my bi- biological dad like that meant that I had to think about how that's going to affect my three brothers and my mom and you know my dad was the sole provider in my family and so losing him when I was younger would have been like terrifying for someone who had four kids and you know um i had to think about my mom in all of this and i've i've never like i said i never spoken up about it and i've wanted to report it um i'm sure that we all have um but right now that it's happening um it almost seems unbelievable especially that we're going through a pandemic right now it's just okay i think that it was all like perfect timing and although I wish it would have happened sooner the way everything's unraveling right now and the way that I feel like empowered and being able to talk about it finally like I think we're at that I don't know I think we're at that stage where yeah we're enough's enough and we're done staying silent we're we're gonna speak we want to speak there you go yeah there you go yes yeah so let me ask you as far as Francis, Nikki, let's go to all of you. So we'll start off with Nikki first. What is next now? This this guy's been arrested. What is next? You know, I feel like this is just the beginning. Um, I I stayed quiet my entire life, right? I'm shy. I'm known to be shy. I, I am quiet. Um, this situation has just changed me. I need to be that voice. Um and the fact that I'm even doing this episode right now is mind-blowing. This is such an amazing opportunity, and I want my voice, all of our voices, to reach every single person who has experienced this or is experiencing it now and let them know that this, they are not alone and they do not have to go through this alone. I know we all know what it feels like to go through this experience, and nobody should have to go through this alone so even if it's me you know sharing my story multiple times and having people reach out to me for advice or have questions about anything what I don't it doesn't matter I just need to help I I need to help in whatever way I can and you know I have two daughters and 
And the fact that now I'm being open about this, I feel it's going to bring me so much closer to my kids. I'm able to raise them a different way now and be able to be honest with them and comfortable with them. And, and it's just going to ch- it's changed my life. Uh, it, this is going to bring me closer to my parents. You know, my parents never knew about this until two weeks ago. Um, and I never thought I would be able to sit and have that conversation with my parents. So this not only changed my life, it changed every, everyone's life. And as unfortunate as that event is, in a way, some good came out of it. Again, it's making me into a better person, helping people, um, my kids, just who knows what's next. But I know it can only go up from here. It really can. Yeah, that's okay. That's awesome. Okay. Aureli? Yeah. Okay, what's next for you, Aureli? Well, for me right now, I'm working on, you know, building my relationship back up with my mom, um, being closer to my brothers, and, um, you know, I'm on to my master's program. I want to be a counselor. I, I want to counsel survivors of sexual assault, so that's next for me. Um, right now, I'm still sort of processing everything, you know, that my dad's been arrested, finally, that... You know, it's public information because for so many years it was swept under the rug. And, you know, we all pretended that, you know, our family was normal and that, you know, there was nothing going on when in all reality it's like this deep, dark secret that we all had and that we could never talk about. And for me, you know, relying on him and depending on him, you know, for everything because he was the sole provider, it was a difficult thing. Um, but now I just, I want to be independent. I want to go to school. I want to educate myself. I want to help people. I want to volunteer. Like that's what, that's what, that's what's next for me is that I, I want to continue advocating, um, for survivors. Wow. wow that is amazing. Okay. Ellen, yeah. what, what's next for you? So, you know, since high school, I have always dreamt of being a counseling psychologist just because of everything that I went through, especially for kids and adolescents. And um, for me, it's very important to be someone who I didn't have growing up. I mean, I didn't have, you know, role models. My family, they never talked about what had happened to me um, until I was 18. And so since then, I've been doing the best that I can to advocate for myself, to advocate for others. You know, I've been vocal about being a sexual assault survivor in class. And so, you know, I'm currently getting my bachelor's degree in psychology. And um, I just remember being in the car with a detective when um, Relly was talking to our abuser. Um, and he said, um, you know, I, I told him, I'm like, I've been thinking about double minoring, you know, in criminal justice. And he said, oh, you could write you could write a, um, a term paper on this and everything that's happening. And so um, I reminded myself that, you know, Nikki's right. There is, you know, good that comes out of this and I don't want to let this defeat me. And so I decided to um, double minor in sociology and criminal justice because it's important for us to give back to the community and to understand the criminal justice system. And um, I will continue, you know, to, to, be vocal to advocate. I want to volunteer, you know, at the Zachariah Center to share our story. And I just think that it's important for us to share our story because this is a part of our healing, you know, journey. And right. to, every time we talk about it, it just makes it more real. And right. so, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome, Ellen. Okay, great. Fran's oh my gosh, Ed, I love these girls. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you. And, and oh my gosh. I, I'm in love I with love all four of them, too. I swear to God. Yes. Okay, well, girls, in about two, three weeks, my book will be dropping so you guys can be able to... Um, I wrote the first part of my story so you guys will be able to like read that and kind of get to know that and part of my story. So if you guys want to do that, that will be something you guys can do. And oh, read of that. course. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely. definitely. We'll let yeah. you know. We'll definitely let, yeah. let you know when it drops. I think I yes. got one more. Francis, what's next for you? For me, it's a little different. I'm the oldest. I'm 31, so I've I've got my bachelor's. I, I've wow. got I've got the professional life going already. Um, I've got my house. Um, with me, it's it's more along the lines of healing. Um, okay. Like everybody else, like all, all all the other girls, I've never spoken about it. I've never dealt with it. So there's a lot of underlying stuff that I I personally have to look into and and really address um, and fix the trauma that's kind of been on my back for so, so long. But with the experience, that positive of it all, like I, I've been quiet all my life. I refuse to keep my voice down. I absolutely refuse. I refuse to, you know, let any other little kid or little girl or anybody go through something like this and grow up and, and just feel the way all four of us felt. It's a horrible feeling and to not, or to, to have that innocence and voice taken away, it's it's really hard to gain one, if any, either of them back. So, like this, this along the lines of the other girls, just being more of an advocate and making sure that that awareness is built up and that taboo of talking about it is dismissed because because of the fact that it is a taboo. You don't you don't know who around you has gone through it and just doesn't know how to speak up. Yeah. Um, right. So I want to be able to be that voice and that window for that hand that needs that help. Yes. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. Just you know, and grow from there. Really. Okay. Looking forward to the future of all of us being just behind us and more of a something that we grew all together with. Actually, like yeah. mentally, physically, and just I think we've all matured in a certain way, and us four have become very close. And that's that's good. You guys are. Camille, these women, yeah. I'm telling you, these women are amazing. You all yes, all four are. of you are intelligent. You talk well, you're yeah. strong, you you just let it out and, and you know, is you speak with you know, with a big stick. And so I'm just okay. sitting here like, wow, you you're you're saying, Hey, look, this is this is just the beginning. And I just you know, yeah. Nick you know, Nikki, Aureli, Ellen and Francis you guys are some amazing women. Uh, the Magnificent yeah. Four. <laughs> yeah. So. Thank you. It means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm telling you, Camille, these these young ladies, well, I tell you, Camille's been busy with all four of you. And I see, you know. <laughs> yeah. Camille, this is just wow. And sound yeah. like, you know, they're, you, Camille, to me, it sounds like all four of them are eager to share their story they're not scared they they have not right. let their abusers silence them they made that clear yeah yeah oh yeah definitely wow well you know yeah. um i want to say do you guys have any idea because he admitted that what he did 
And with that being said, and when you pretty much tell on yourself, there yeah. is just no way that he can get off. So do anybody okay. know when he go to court or when he's going to get sentenced? Um, I believe his next court date is uh, the 24th of this month, and we're not able to be present during that. But the following court date, you know, we're not sure about. It's still um, undecided. It's still developing. Okay. So what what are we looking at? Uh, you think, I'm just taking a guess, maybe, Nikki, do you think it'll be this year when he gets sentenced, next year? What do you think? Oh, no, I think it'll be soon. The fact that he admitted it, um, that's proof in itself you know i don't i don't see why it would take longer um than what what the next month two months and that's just me guessing just the fact how smooth everything went with us and just this whole process how smooth everything's been so far um i really don't see it lasting too long okay well i want to pledge something um and and I don't want Camille. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I got to, <laughs> you know. Okay. And the reason why I say this, ladies, is be because good, it is good. It is good. Come on, now <laughs> you, right, you, right. you know, you and Laura are my number ones. I got, I gotta, I gotta okay. treat my number ones my hardest workers. So okay. I, I, I'm gonna put her on the spot and take in, take in mind, Camille is a mother of five, and I want to pledge that me and Camille show up with you guys hand in hand at that man's sentencing i i want to be there i want we want to we want to assist you i don't want to miss this i will take off work i will do whatever it takes to come to that sentencing and i i'm hoping my co-host camille can do the same thing that's why i said i don't want to put you on the spot but you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I just bought me some new heels too. I just, I just been wanting to wear those. So, hey. well, well, get the look, girl. Get them heels. Get them heels packed up in the bag and All let's right. roll. Okay. What part of Illinois? Okay. What, what part of Illinois are you guys from? Uh, we're around like the Gurney, Waukegan area. How far is we're that from Chicago? Chicago. Uh, let's say about an hour. So, think Great America to Chicago. It's about an hour drive. Okay. Okay, so all of y'all pretty much in the same area together, right? Yep, yep. Yes. Okay. Well, I got all four of your numbers. Camille has them. And I am going to text each and every one of you and give you my number. And you keep us updated. Every little thing happened with that case. You have that open door with me. I already know you guys had that open door with Camille, but you have it with me as well. And it means a lot. Thank you. Yes, I know you guys. I am proud of you guys. I have never met anyone like you guys. And, you know, I think it's the least I can do to get in my vehicle and come up there with you guys and me and Camille, uh, you know, join you guys at this sentencing. God said the same. I will be there. And I'm hoping Camille will be able to make the trip with me. And you guys, I am so proud of all four of you. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so we really much. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, did did now, Camille? You want to tell them about what's going on with your book and when it's going to be released, so these young ladies can know. Yes. So, um, we roughly, I roughly have about, I would say roughly three weeks. I say two because this last week, um, they're doing the 
cover design right now. All I have to do is they'll send me it saying, hey, you know, you need to approve it. And then I will get my copy sent to my door. So I'm hoping by the time we go to see you guys, I can give you guys a copy and you will have that. Um, and so I'm hoping that, you know, then it'll be out and you can get it like as an ebook or you can buy it on like Amazon or I will have a page and you can just buy it from like the link. Um, it's something that I've worked on for, I started it last year and it took me a little bit and I wasn't kind of sure if I wanted to, it's just part of my healing process and, you know, I've always wanted to write my story and I just wasn't sure, but it definitely helped my healing process of kind of like my story of being like sexually abused when I was a kid. Um, but it definitely helped me. So, so I'm writing a three part series and this is my first part. And the first part is being a kid. Um, and then the second, um, part will come out. I'm writing my second part right now. So, it shouldn't take me too long, but it'll be, and then it'll be my third part. So I'm excited for this three-part series to kind of be out. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm excited for it to be out there and kind of, um, and there's a, you know, something I want to do as another, something I want to do is I want to be able to write um, other people's stories for them. So I want to be able to write other survivor stories for them. Um, so, I always, I always say everybody always has a story, um, and I've heard amazing stories, and your guys' story is, like, one of those blow-you-out-of-the-water stories, so, you know, it's just something I love to write. I've always wanted to be an author when I was little, um, so that's kind of where it's at right now, so it should be out roughly two to three weeks, and then it'll be out for the world to kind of read and see, so I'm hoping it I'm hoping people read it and people like it. And, you know, that's my dream is that, you know, it kind of blows up and goes somewhere. So, you know, looking forward to it. Sounds very exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Very exciting. Thank you. I can't wait till it come out. Yeah, I agree. And so, yeah, Camille's a strong one. So you guys be ready. And, you know, I really appreciate all four of you coming off, coming on here. Excuse me. Uh, We have run out of time, but I really appreciate each and every one of you. All four of you are brave and I am praying for you. I'm just still just shocked, you know. Um, Yeah. But you guys hang in there. We we are with you. Um, We support you. We love you. God, you girls. Yes. This is just crazy. So you hang in there and we want you to stay on the line. Okay. All right. Well, to the listeners, you know, this is crazy. Unfortunately, we have stuff like this happening and we need you to go to our Facebook page, Crime Pursuit Podcast, and interact with us. We have an entire team. We interact with everybody that come to our page. We have an Instagram at Crime Pursuit. We have a Twitter, same thing, at Crime Pursuit. Go to their Go to our social media apps, follow us, and get involved. Now, for those of you also, when we put the link on our Facebook, because we put the link to every podcast that we record, and it's an anchor link. Now, you don't have to download it. Just go to our Facebook page. When you see it, click on the link, and you will see the uh, dollar sign where it says support. 
click on that and it gives you three tiers. One for 99 cent, one for $44.99, and $9.99 a month. Now, you don't have to give anything, but we'd appreciate if you just hit one of the three buttons if you really like what we do here. And if you really enjoy what we do, support us and support the families because we do a lot out of our pocket. Lori, Camille, myself, and other team members. So we would really appreciate any support that you can do. And we really thank you for supporting us. Okay, well, I done talked enough. We got to go. Have a good night.